the classic is back. So prepare yourself for a different kind of movie. A movie that takes you on a journey through time. Ask me. Will you? Travel aboard the SS Titanic. Shake hands with Napoleon. Become a personal friend to Robin Hood. You will join us at a real Roman orgy. You'll say hello to ancient Greece. And marvel at the size of a young warrior's horn. You will spend an evening with the biggest homo sapien of all time. Did you hear something, dear? No, I don't think so. Finally, a movie that takes you inside. The Fabulous World of Darkness. Recognize this fellow? Well, you will when he tries to destroy all good in the universe. Oh, no! I'm a reasonable man. Former Beatle George Harrison brings together John Cleese, Sean Connery, Shelley Duvall, Catherine Hellman, Michael Palin, David Warner, in a journey more ridiculous than history. Thank you very much. Very, 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 very much. Time Bandits. Transmission will start in five seconds from now. Five, four, three, two, one, hit. Welcome to Waffle On Podcast. My name is Simon Meddings. And I'm MC Kelly. And uh, welcome to another scorching uh, hot yeah, day yeah. here in uh, the old United Kingdom, in which we are now yeah. six weeks yeah. into a constant temperature of range between 28 and uh, 38 degrees. So basically, everyone's moaning. Well, moaning at work, yeah, yeah. but well, as soon as you get out of work, it's, it's quite nice actually at the moment, isn't it? A little bit of clouds and that. Yeah. So we do have the window open here in uh, Waffle Studios, yeah. um, so if you hear any kind of... Uh, animals. Animals, lawnmowers, yeah. airplanes, yeah. Uh, lonely tramps or something like that. Yeah, yeah. that's audience. just the environment. That's just the environment, it's the way things are. And if we sound uh, our usual lethargic <laughs> way, it's because we are. Yeah, yeah, because it's fucking hard. Uh, now, um, uh, we did say uh, at the end of last podcast's um, episode that we would be doing Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, and we even talked to people online about, about it. it. But then we had, like, uh, production problems. In other words, we're like type bastards, we don't spend more than two quid. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, that's the reality. I, I, mean, I was, uh, I was in because it was on Amazon, weren't it? Yeah, it was on Amazon, and I could have sworn it was on. Yeah, because Crocodile Dundee two's on Amazon. So um I was on the stag the other weekend, and then you text me to say, "Oh, I text you." Know, yeah, I say, so what we're going to do? 
And Cal came up with a genius idea, so this is very last minute, in which we, I watched it last night, you watched it the weekend. Yep, amazing. Cal, what are we talking about? Talk about Time Bandits. Time Bandits, yes we are. Now, uh, before we uh, talk about that, before we get into the main thing, have you got anything to say about TV and... and uh, no, it's, so it's amazing. That, uh, the most amazing thing I'm amazed about oh, is... Um, that amazed. That I'm amazed. amazing. I'm amazed. <laughs> Amazing. Who did that the song? Oh, maybe I'm um, Anyway, it's not that. It's not the time for me. It's not, it's not the time for um, No, it's the, the new amazing, I'll say it again, uh, Orville trailer that you sent to me yesterday. Yes. Looks brilliant. Because you showed me the this new Star Trek one, which I'll slap myself around the face with a wet fish for not looking at. And I liked it, but what was the exciting bit in it? Ooh, there's Spark. Ooh, there's Pike. Mm. Nothing about Durnham. No. Nothing about Fingy. And I thought I was thinking, oh, I've been underwhelmed. Oh, yeah, it looks all right. Mm. But then that is exactly what I want from Star Trek. And I was reading what people were saying, the reaction to it. Yeah. And people were saying, oh, yeah, I've got that puzzle, that like I used to when I used to see, like, an on for Next Gen or Voyager or mm. whatever. Mm. Because it's got a bit, we're not going to go on about Star Trek because it's not. But the point is, yeah. that trailer that looks funny, exciting, optimistic. Yeah. Lots of stuff going on. Yeah. 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 Uh, also, a, a pretty foul of a trailer, Walking Dead. That's terrible. It is a terrible trailer. All I can hope is they haven't... Because they're still filming that. They're still filming at the moment. Mm. So all I can hope is that maybe they hadn't done... It was an early trailer. The I tr- hope so. The trouble is, though, is that they've been they've been filming, you know, out of, I know you filmed Jeremy out of season, yeah, yeah, so maybe yeah. with TV programmes... It'll be an episode, but but we're Walking Dead. They've been doing a lot of scenes with the other person like there and enjoying them together. I, I think that's a major problem with a lot of TV shows as they mm. go on, isn't it? The, because the people become them. big, don't they? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because I know, I don't, I don't know. I just, I'm not going to poo-poo because what do we say? We'll end up watching it. We will because do because you will because everyone want to see yeah. him Andrew Lincoln. Andrew Lincoln. Everyone want to see Rick going out, wouldn't they? Is he going to die? I think with Shane being back in it, he's obviously. That's going to be to do with the bridges, yeah, isn't it? It's going to be so. Is it so obvious for him to die? I mean, he might like, not. You know I mean? It's not because people are assuming he's going to die. Yeah, I mean, he might I, not. I think we'd better if he just left. He left, and then he could always come back and do a. If you really want to. I think the trouble is with Walking Dead is that you, you kind of like, you know, you already know if people are going to go. Like we knew about the actress who played Burnham in. in yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, that was a good surprise because I, I weren't expecting her to come walk, you know, falling out of that coffin. No, it was really good. That was a really good bit of a very poor series. Yeah. I think really the past three series have not well, been good. Well, there have been good episodes out of one in five. Yeah. The last one was a bit better. I think the last few episodes mm. were a bit better because they sped it on a bit, just, didn't Yeah, that? that's the truth. It's, like, it's all very well and good walking about and that, but, you know what I mean? You need to it just leads a, 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 a... And the problem with that one is, uh, like, in the other ones, you can oh, that's going to be the main storyline. The narrative mm. arc is going to be about fighting there. With that, you've got no idea what... Because nothing happens, in it? No. But... They're arguing amongst each other. I do not believe the Maggie thing, the way Maggie's going. But I do not believe it. No. They've been all through that together. They're going to have a, are going to have an internal conflict yeah. with, with the groups. It's like it's just what they always do now. Oh, let's have a civil war in it, don't they? Yeah, and, and also as well when you've got like uh, the Avengers doing their own civil war and stuff like that. No, it's like, just it's too not, obvious, no, isn't it? Not as bad as like when they all got got back together again with, with the last one. But it's just it's nice, too obvious. I, I, all we can hope is that you know. We don't know. I just hope it's not going to have him, t- you know, Negan talking all the way fucking through it like that. Because mm. I don't know what happens. I know he in the comic ends up in that. 
He's in the, in the, the barred cell. He does, doesn't he? Yeah, and he's so, in that for a while. But he's sort of like, are they going to do that? Really? Well, I suppose they could do because Jeffrey Dean Morgan go off and bugger off and do something else. But he might have done all his. Uh, you don't know if he's done all his scenes, do you? We'll say we'll have to wait and see. Um, British, British wise, though, should we talk a little bit about uh, our favourite program at the moment? The Paul White's Bob Mortimer fishing. Amazing. People, uh, people probably will be wondering what, but it is amazing. I think everyone was the same because mm. we were like this today. I hate fishing and I don't eat fish. So you would have thought, like, why would I want, why would I want to watch a program? I suppose it's a bit like back in the day that stuff like um, like uh, fancy football league with Frank Skinner. Yeah, people yeah, yeah. watch that. Like you like that, even though you were never really into football. No, 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 no. no, no. If, if, if they're funny, and that again is the same thing. It was them two with a real relationship. Mm. And the thing with this gun fishing, if if no one's watched it. It's very, I'd call it quite a philosophical programme. Yeah. Very much so. It's about two ageing... I suppose you could yeah, say. Because how old are they? I know, 59 and 60. Is that Paul White is 60. Oh, and Irv is 59. And it's them with heart... Both had really bad heart episodes. And it's about Paul White trying to get Bob Mortimer out again into fishing. But it's not really about... Even though it is about fishing, it isn't about fishing. Mm. It's about male friendship, isn't it? Because I don't know what Paul Weiss was saying when he was on Sunday Brunch, saying that as men get older, we were talking about this today, wasn't yeah. As men get older, their friendships get stretched mm. because you live miles away, too tired, things change in your life. And, you know, you end up text friends, right? And that is the reality as you're getting older. So you thought, let's just do a program with two men reconnecting about having fun together. And one thing they are is having a laugh together. And it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. No. Because nothing really happens, no, apart no. from catching a fish. Yeah. That's and, it. And, and just talking about general about yeah. life. And that's Even the cooking bit, they're going to, it's not really that. <laughs> no, not really. Not I really. like the fact that he's just him making something up as he's, as he's got mm. it going on. But if you're a fan of the fast show and you're a fan of obviously anything to do with Vic and Bob, I think you're going to enjoy it. And if you love Bob, Bob Morton's amazing, on it? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's just, sun, he's lost a ray of sunshine. Is it? Cause he's just a Paul really Weiss is a bit life. cantankerous, isn't he? He's a miserable yeah. old gay. Yeah. And he does speak to him quite rudely sometimes, isn't he? But you can see his mate, because Bob's not bothered. No, no, no. He's like, no. fuck off. He's always... It's a bit like me and you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's just a bit like an adventure, because you can just know each other a long time. But it's an amazing programme. It is, it is. It's it is. an amazing programme. So when's it on? What is it, is it tomorrow? tomorrow? Look, I'd say if you're a fan of the, if you haven't seen it and you're a fan of the trip, which yeah. yet again is mm. just two men talking, mm. you'll like it. Yeah. Or I suppose a bit like Last of Summer Wine. It is a little bit, yeah. yeah. But I know they've more adventures. So if you can get it on iPlayer, if you missed any, get it on iPlayer. It's readily available. Uh, and I think there's one more probably coming out tomorrow, I think. Yeah, I think there'll be more than these. Yeah. There'll be more. And you'll know it'll be abroad. That's what'll happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the same I'm, I'm hoping it's going to get some BAFTA awards. Yeah. It, it does yeah, deserve yeah, yeah. it. It does deserve it. Yeah, yeah. Right, then, I think that's it for our general, uh, mm-hmm. general chat, isn't it? So, Cal, what do we do before we talk about it? We play the theme tune. Okay, now, before we talk, play the theme tune, are we going to play the... Um, the kind of strange, weird music could be in, or are we just going to play the end credit theme tune, which is most well known? For yeah, me. I'd say the end, yeah, because it, like I said, the incidental music we'll talk about is really weird. Is but uh, I, I love the song at the end, and you'll tell me some more about that. You maybe tell me a bit, don't Okay, so this is Dream Away by George Harrison.
Okay, that's the end credits of uh, the film there. Now, in an interview on the UK Arrow Blu-ray release of Time Bandits, Gilliam claimed that the lyrics of Dream Away are Harrison's notes to him concerning Gilliam's behaviour during the production of the film, and more specifically, the tension that arose between them during Gilliam's reluctance to include any songs performed by George Harrison in the film. And that's oh, right, that, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, the music in the film, the electronic music that you were talking I, about, I love it. is by Mike Moran, born 4th of March 1948 in Leeds. Uh, do you know what band he was associated with? It's got to be some prog band, isn't it? Is uh, it? it is, yeah. It is, it is. Uh, the Ian Gillen band. Yeah. Can you get that? I didn't sound the same, because I was thinking, but is it just going to be like a... <laughs> I've bought one of these albums before where I love the incidental electronic yeah. score. I thought, oh, that's amazing. Didn't be strange to things. Out of context, it loses something when you're walking down the road. Just, yeah. Eh, oh, yeah. Like, doesn't select one thinking, well, yeah, I don't know. No, no. <laughs> like any, any, uh, any kind of, yeah, typically, typically. I'm not sure. I, the, the new Prisoner release uh, music. Set, I don't one like that as well. Yeah, well, it's on that. I, bought, I ended up. I you ended got up, it. Uh, Have you listened to it, though? I started listening <laughs> yeah, to it. It's probably is that like I always say? Uh, they're all these special edition kind of things so it's got like arrival take one arrival take two arrival take three now the thing is, no, is that the reason why you use take five out of all of them is generally because of how that, that was the better take <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the yeah, best it's one it was for scrapped yeah. reality yeah. weren't it In- incidental music and it's like yeah in your age you're going to love it yeah, yeah, but yeah. no but no, no. <laughs> it's, good, it's good to have I, don't, I mean that's presumably the soundtrack is out there and readily available yeah. uh, now this film Time Brandis was directed by Terry Gilliam produced by Terry Gilliam written by Michael Paling and Terry Gilliam um, so he's got a lot he's got his hands in this uh, uh, quite a bit really it's a 1981 film uh, now Gilliam we've talked about uh, Terry Gilliam and Michael Payne before yeah, yeah, on yeah. Monty Python, but just a little round up. Yeah, I think so because I think Terry Gilliam, the, the director, is a very different thing than yeah. the, 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 the animist. Uh, yeah, you you got yeah animation kind of thing. Now, he was born Terence Vance Gilliam, uh, 22nd of November 1940, uh, in Minnesota, in America. He's got dual citizenship. Oh, did have with United Kingdom, United States. He's uh, had United Kingdom one for most. He's been working since 1968, been married to the same lady since 1973. Now, he uh, says he used to think of his films in terms of trilogies, trilogies. starting with Time Bandits. Now, the trilogy Imagination, written by Gilliam about the ages of man in Time Bandits, 1981, Brazil, 1985, and the adventures of Ban Munchausen in 1988, all are about the craziness of our awkward ordered society and the desire to escape it through whatever means possible all three movies focus on these struggles and attempts to escape them through imagination time bandits is through the eyes of a child mm-hmm. brazil through the eyes of a man in his 30 and munchausen through the eyes uh, of an elderly man uh, gilliam's other directed trilogy was of course the fisher king in 91 12 monkeys in 95 and fear and loathing in las vegas in 19 you know i've never seen the fisher king haven't you? Never said, you know, it's one of the ones, it's never on. I yeah. always put it in my planet to have a look, it's never on. Have you got it? Ooh, I'll have a look. I yeah, because I still, you know, I do love Teddy Gilliam. Yeah. Well, I love his 80s. And, uh, yeah, his Robin, 80s. Robin Williams, isn't yeah, it? yeah, I love his mm-hmm. 80s films, and we'll talk more about that later. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, Michael Payne, of course, we talked about Michael before. Michael Edward Payne, born uh, 5th of May 1973. In that there, Sheffield, and he has been, interesting thing, married to his wife since 1966. Oh, bloody hell. I know. They made them different then, didn't they? Well, yeah, people stayed together, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the film was released on the 10th of July 1981 in the UK and 6th of November 81 in the United States, from the time recording for 13 minutes. 
Um, it had a budget, needless to say, of course, no interview given, it went over budget of five million. Uh, Still not a lot though, really. Not is a it? lot, no. The box office it made forty two million. So it's a bloody good. I mean, that's obviously up to now. We've this is when Terry Gilliam was actually making money for people. Uh, well, he didn't make money yet, did he? <laughs> uh, at the time when it came out. That's I presume. How much it, oh, is that makes made now? Yeah, because um, he had to drop two major themes of this uh, of the film, uh, and they, they sounded amazing. But you can understand why, because I mean, you look at the budget of it. I mean, some bits of it, bits are like incredibly cheap. But like the show about, some do you see about the head? That's the bit the alien. Yeah, you? the alien. Do you want to explain that? Well. You know, it's the, the, what I love about Teddy It's Gilliam, a little you know, bit of two things, isn't it? It's yeah, well, well, you know, I said, I've saw this film loads. We, yeah, it's another film when we lived here. It's all one of them films that you always watch, right? Mm. I've, I've told you, it's a bit like Teddy. It's not good fellas to me. Every time it's done, I can watch it, right? And every time I watch it, I notice new things in it. Now, we will go into this later. It's got David Warner in it. David Warner, one of my all-time favourite actors. Amazing. But I'd never noticed that He's meant to be playing evil, or, you know, the dark one, or whatever he's meant to be. Yeah. And weirdly, I was looking at his head, as you do, <laughs> and it's the alien face hugger on his head, isn't it? Yeah. I'd never noticed that before. I mean, there's an added, there's an added skull on the top yeah, of it. Yeah, but, but it's, obviously they must have used it, because a bit like in 12 Monkeys, he used whatever was around him, yeah. for the time machine, he used an old factory, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And I love that about him. And I think that's sort of gone away as he's gone, got older. That did, it, it's a bit more shambolic. Did I you like notice that. as well that like in Evil's Lair, mm. like where they can't escape, it's made of Lego blocks. It's really cheap, isn't it? It's actually Lego. Well, no, I mean it's large Lego. Yeah, you I look it. at it, and you, you look at it, and you think because you forget this is for the eyes of a child. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't even think yeah. about. And that. like you don't know if he's dreaming. If it's it. real, because all the stuff is in the first scene. The message yeah. said at the beginning. All the things are there, aren't they, in his bedroom? Mm, yeah, all on the wall. Yeah. Everything, every and he's reading out about Greece. Yeah. Isn't he? When he's reading to his dad and not listening to him, he's reading about the Greek warriors. Yeah, yeah. And all the scenes so, of the film are on the wall. Yeah, so you don't know, you don't know no, do you? No. But, uh, you know. And when we come to talk about that, when we go, you know, as we normally do, ladies and gentlemen, as we casually work <laughs> for the film, um, does, does, where he's pushing the wall, when they're pushing the wall in his bedroom, they're pushing into the film. Good point. That's a good and that's point. All the scenes. That's what I was thinking. They're pushing. The, this is they're pushing the film in here. He's going into the film. Yeah, yeah. And good all point. those scenes on the on his wall. That's all. Part yeah, of it. yeah. Good point. Good uh, point. Well, before we talk about the film, let's talk about a few of the people in it now. Um, Kevin, the, uh, the the young lad in that, is played by uh, Craig Warner, born twenty second of February nineteen seventy. So he's about forty eight now. Is he done? Has he done other stuff? Uh, he is mainly a musician now and has played uh, keyboards with these Animal Men and the Most Solid Crew. Oh, Most right. solid gold, sorry. Okay, so Most solid gold. Are they any? Any? I'm afraid I don't know. I know these animal men. They were like uh, a block, a pre-brick pop band. So. Yeah, he's still acting today. He's still acting today. Um, now David Rappaport, who plays Randall, born David Stephen Rappaport, 23rd November 1951, in London. Sadly, passed away 2nd of May 1990. Um, cause of death was suicide by shooting. It's a sad uh, story, uh, isn't it? Like, he suffered from depression. Uh, obviously back then uh, really not something that was taken notice of the interesting thing I don't know if you know about this he was actually filming an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation and had filmed about mm, half of his scenes in which he then attempted suicide 
uh, not this case though. It was before then, before this incident, and uh, and was was obviously sent to hospital, so was unable to finish it. So they recast it. Those things are available on the series three box set. Um, oh, are they? Bonus feature, so you can probably find it. On yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, well, sadly, he shot himself in the chest. Uh, through um, uh, something from he's brilliant in it as well, isn't he? He was. He didn't actually get on with uh, any of the other actors in but the film. Make it better uh, though. I think that tension's well, right, and that's why they're all arguing. Michael all Payne and Terry Gilliam. I think I wrote this at the end of my. Is uh, it because did he think there. he was like a bigger deal than the rest of them? And that's he what did. He, was. he refused to sit with them during filming. And because of the tension of that, then Michael Palin quickly and Terry Gilliam quickly wrote the scene in which they all turn on Randall. It makes sense. It does make it sense. Makes it? But so, you know, it's sort of a bit like what what in Life Too Short, wasn't it? With mm. Ricky, uh, Ricky Warwick, not Ricky Warwick. Ricky Warwick, what? I like, I like Ricky that. Warwick Davis. Warwick Davis. Ricky Warwick. Ricky Warwick. Isn't that him out of um, uh, a Metal Banshees? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Ricky Wilson. That's Ricky Wilson. We're getting old. We're getting old. Oh dear. Anyway, no, Warwick. Yeah, Warwick Davis. He thought he was better than all the other, yeah. all the other mm. uh, dwarves in it, weren't yeah, he? And I think yeah, that's yeah. yeah. And that, now you say it, I thought that's it. I thought yeah, that it, it works because that like the, he, none of them know what they're doing. He doesn't know what he's doing, Randall. No, he no, thinks no. he's far superior than the rest of them, don't they? I like arguing that way, do. Oh, I get yeah, yeah, like, yeah. uh, Another one of the uh, the dwarves in this uh, is, and they are called dwarves, so we can get away with them. They are dwarves. No, midget is a horrible midget term. Is, <laughs> and we were brought up to say midget. Oh, midget's a horrible term. I don't term, even remember saying the word midget. I don't remember saying dwarves. Dwarves, isn't it? I wonder now with like Lord of the Rings now if people are more than happy with I don't know if there's a, is it a modern think, term well, for it. Is, is it better? Bobby Dave's somewhere because is he preferred to be called like little people? Or little, it's the same little people. people. But don't, yeah, that, that's an American, but I know Rick E said he doesn't like that. No. It makes him sound like a child. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? He's yeah. a dwarf, isn't he? It's, it's dwarfism. Well, it's dwarfism, isn't it? Dwarfism, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, let's not get into that. Let's not get into that. <laughs> let's not get bogged down by who said who. Yeah. Uh, Kenny Baker plays Fidget. Uh, born Kenny George Baker, 24th of August, 1934. And where was he born, Cal? I don't know. Birmingham, my man. Uh, passed away on the... Was he? Yeah, was, yeah. Uh, passed away, sadly, on the 13th of August, 2016, age 81, a couple of years ago. Uh, he was active from 1960 to 2015. Of course, a lot of you will know Kenny Baker through playing R2D2. I didn't know he was a brother. That's an amazing fact of the day. I wonder if he's got a star on the Broad Street Hall of. It's got it. There's some of, terrible ones on there. Yeah, and the Hall of. But you're getting new ones on. <laughs> so it's got to have him on there. Bloody hell. Uh, uh, Malcolm Dixon played Strutter Mike Evans plays Arthur. Jack Purvis played uh, Wally, who's one of the other yeah, uh, people from there. One of the reasons there was always talk about a sequel to this film, uh, but the reason why it has never happened, obviously, because suddenly David Rappaport committed suicide. Also, Jack Purvis had a, a road accident; uh, yeah. his car reversed over him. What? Uh, There's a happened like uh, that, uh, and he broke his neck, uh, causing him to be a paraplegic for the last few years of his. Man, man. As it, that is not a good story. No, and as if he had uh, suffered enough there. Uh, anyway, other actors in this film: Tiny Ross played Vermin. Uh, Sean Connery plays uh, Angerman and also the fireman. David Warner plays Evil. Amazing. Amazing. Well, but, uh, as we said, at least about Connery, that he, he actually looks like he's thoroughly enjoying himself. As loads of people say, he's at, you know, that was his best part of his actual mm. career. Was that late 70s, early 80s? And he was in Zyla because he didn't care. No. He, was just, he obviously was just doing something he wanted to yeah, do, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. And then he became a 
Pratt again, didn't he, in the 80s? Well, where yeah, he started yeah. becoming a star again, didn't yeah, he? exactly, yeah. I mean, he actually had quite a bit of influence over Terry Gilliam on this film. Uh, the first things to be shot was actually his things in, uh, in Greece, uh, in Morocco. Morocco. Because right. obviously Gilliam had filmed yeah. it before. And uh, Gilliam hadn't directed for quite a few years and was quite nervous about doing it, and Connery took over. Yeah. And he said, look, we'll do all my scenes first before we get the little lad in, because for obvious reasons, yeah. it's Sean Connery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he does look, I mean, he's winking, he's... got the twinkle in his eye, which he didn't have during Never Say Never Again, or like, you know, uh, Diamonds Off. When he's doing the money, uh, when he's just about the money. Yeah. Uh, Shelley Duvall plays Pansy. Uh, she plays two, well, Pansy uh, yeah, in yeah. both times of history. Ian Holm plays Napoleon. I think he's wonderful. Yeah. That little people! Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, Michael Paley plays Vincent in both scenes. Ralph Richardson as Supreme Being. Uh, yeah. Now, what do you think of Ralph Richardson as Supreme Being? I like it. Because it's like yeah. he's like a manager, you know. Yeah, yeah. If that's the, you know, if you talk about that thing, you know, he's going to manage all these things and a lot of the way, and he's quite cold. He is quite cold, and also yeah. Ralph Richardson rewrote quite a few of his lines, but he actually took it very seriously. Huh? And uh, turned around and said, "God would, God would never say that." Now Richardson, at this point of his life, was started, was had become quite um, eccentric yeah. and uh, unusual in, in the way that he acted. Uh, oh, so right. hence the reason why he's, he's, he has that godly kind of yeah, yeah, aura yeah, yeah. about him. Uh, do you know who played Winston the Ogre in this film? You know, the one with the back? Oh, me back! Oh, God, I'm back. Do you know, I was thinking, who is it? Who is it? Is it? I was thinking, Abigail. is it Bill Pertwee? Uh, no. Because no. I thought, is it Bill Pertwee? No. I like about because I never watched the credits, so... Who was it? Was it? He was the man who played Grouty in Porridge, Peter Vaughan. No, yes, obviously. <laughs> now you say it. Exactly, yeah, you can see it. You can see it, can't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, Catherine Hellman, the well-known American actress, played Mrs. Ogre. John Cleese as Robin Hood. Michael Paley wanted to play the role of Robin Hood, but I think Cleese steals oh, the show. Yeah, that, he's clearly playing. That's a John Cleese role, if ever there is one. He's clearly yeah. playing a mixture of Prince Philip and Prince Charles in that. Clearly, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Because he goes, oh, no, 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 you're you're a robber too, are you? Yeah. And then why he doesn't say anything. Marvellous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Derek plays Robert. Who else? In fact, Jim Broadbent, a very early performance from Jim Broadbent here as uh, the compare. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ian Muir as the giant. So, quite a few of those on there. So, let's go uh, through the film uh, as I wrote it down. Cal, you, you was on about the electronic music on this one. I, I, I got a very much a, a bit of an, a, a vibe of. Um, Bit of craft work going on yeah, there. Bit of carpenter. Bit of John Carpenter. Definitely John Carpenter. Definitely. Like I said, it's well, it's shambolic because the pitches are all over them. Mm. It's not perfectly scored. Do you think also a bit like Clockwork Orange as well? Yeah, definitely. Well, mm. you know, I watched the documentary about that the person who did that electronic soundtrack and that, and that's the first ever proper electronic soundtrack, and he was a weird bloke. Yeah. It's on YouTube. Oh, is it? Right, and it, it basically wasn't keyboards. It was like them big banks, like old synthesizers. Yeah, the stuff, big yeah, banks the of stuff them. that they created, the Doctor Who thing. Yeah, 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 boy, yeah. Do, 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 do. And I like, that's what I like in that, that shambolic, you know, it's, it's, it, you never properly hear what the tune is, mm. and it comes in and then goes out, and you're thinking, I've, I've and I love all that stuff in it. Now, this was filmed in 1979, uh, 1979-1980, right, 1981. Uh, it starts off with the family, the mum and the dad and Kevin, uh, Kevin's not watching the TV, he's reading his book about Greece. And the mum and dad are watching a TV show hosted by Jim Boyer called Money or Your Life, which yeah. is like an unusual TV programme. Now, I know you said the, the, the sofa, the chairs are covered in plastic. 
Do you remember right. that? Yeah. Our, our, our mum used to do it. Yeah, we, we never had that because yeah. literally our mum and dad's furniture were like old as yeah, yeah, it yeah. was. But there's something about watching that. Did you get any nostalgia about that? Really bad. Oh, oh, the oh, TV. Yeah, and, uh, and, and it's, uh, you know, I love my parents to bits, right? Like, obviously I should do. Yeah. But I remember being like that, reading that in my book. And my mum and dad are not interested. Because yeah. they've been at work all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I know they think, oh, parents are learning these days. But we were brought up very differently like that. It's like... If you want to read your book, go upstairs. Yes. I don't know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm watching the telly. I'm, I'm like that now. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, uh, you know, and I, and I thought that, I remember that was me interesting with dad. Like, I'm, I'm too tired. Yeah, yeah. Come and talk well, to that, 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 that Our parents weren't as hard. No, no, no. But they like, clearly are. They don't care about him. No, no. Do they? Well, you know, the, I think that's the the, the really um, serious point all through the film. It's anti-materialism, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Because they're, as, as you see at the end, what they care about is not him. It's about all the toast. Oh, the, the microwave. Yeah, the yeah. Blender. And, you know, this was in the 70s. This was just coming round the corner in the 80s with mm. Thatcherism and Reaganism, wasn't it? That, right, you make yourself happy by filling your things through yeah, for stuff. For oh, I can, well, I, see, I, can make, I can have a bloody meal in five seconds. Yeah, yeah. Why? Because, well, she hasn't got a head trim with that. Yeah. You know, it's all that kind of yeah, but did you notice though that also in Evil's room, the his bad guys and some of the stuff is covered in plastic? But uh, Benson yeah. has got plastic. Do you know? It? You, oh, I can't believe I missed that. And that's weird because I remember watching. I was like, God, why are they looking like that cheap plastic? Makes fucking sense now. Yeah, well, it's, it's matching it. Well, well, I cannot take credit. The wife saw that. <laughs> so for that, because it makes sense now, it doesn't it? Because everything's in there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Oh. And because it's seen through the eyes of yeah, 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 that's the yeah. thing. Uh, do you recognise the dad? And if so, what have you? Yeah, seen that's uh, what is that Foreman? No, ah, oh. no. Uh, what was he? I don't know because he played. He was a sitcom, weren't he? Uh, he was a sitcom. Yeah, he was also in a program I just I just mentioned. Oh right, right. He played Jarvis in Porridge. You know the one that. Uh, 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 um, Oh, what's his name? Apology. Oh, come on. Fletch is trying to have a fight on so that he does, bit, and he does the joke about the egg. Yeah. Right? He's also Harry Boone's mate. Boone's mate, that's Boone's it. Boone's mate. So they were saying, it was like a Birmingham institution. <laughs> you know what? You know what? You know what we should do? We're never going to do Boone. <laughs> no, we're not going to do Boone. Good thing. Because stories about Mark Alfred. We're amazing stories about Mark Alfred. We can have a Patreon account on our. On our which means every now and again we could do a, a special one and people have to pay for it like 50p yeah, yeah. pound right? So oh. right we could do uh, Adventures of a Vampire Motorcycle man that, that yeah yeah lovely you used to fucking die that yeah lovely anyway going back on, to that's our sense of humour for you now Kevin's obviously talking about it and he gets sent to bed and as he's in his bedroom uh, he starts to start dreaming and suddenly out of the wardrobe comes a knight uh, on horseback. Yeah. Now, in such a confined space as well, that was a bloody good bit of stuff yeah, yeah. work going on. I'll tell you what I'll tell you as well. Did you, here's another thing that's uh, like tendentially linked to what something we've done before. Mm. Didn't you think the sort of vibe, there's a bit of Excalibur in this? I did, with the horse coming oh, out. I was yeah. going to text you yeah, saying, because yeah, yeah. I didn't watch that, that like, I thought it, it reminded me. No. And, and the end, mm. God. Yes. It's just like the end bit with the Holy Grail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It is, isn't it? Now, why are you, why you as... Uh, yeah, well, you know, it come when I was, when I was watching this in Kid. Don't I have more of Excalibur? Not the film, just the feeling of it, the yeah. way it was a bit... 
like that shambolic mm. and the movie talked about and yeah, hold on, it's a bit rough around the edges Excalibur and was 82 wasn't it yeah or was that doing that's it I'd like to know we just see Terry Gilliam Joe and Borman are, are mates exactly because I, I think some of it just wrote like they're not the way they did the knights mm. and the chopping off of the ends and all that and especially the bit we got at the end yeah yeah, yeah. Super, that is just like the holy grail bit oh, isn't God, it yeah. yeah it is yeah yeah well thought I'm going to look that up yeah. also as well uh there's obviously essences here of uh, the line of original wardrobe, which Gilliam yeah. had never read. That's what Emma. That's what Emma said. It's an almost as pretty line of original wardrobe. He never read it. Never mm. read it. So he must know a little bit about. Oh, it. these it's, things I don't again, believe. This. Again, you know, you know, he couldn't well have done to be fair. Also, Alice in Wonderland. There's a lot of Alice in Wonderland, especially yeah, when they're, they're yeah, going yeah. through being small people and everything like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, now they they the, suddenly the the, the bandits really as they're called aren't they mm. end up creeping out and they think Kevin's God because he's got a torch yeah, yeah. and they then kidnap him yeah. and then push you through the wall and they find the, the open source to the but basically they're called windows aren't they yeah 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 holes in time holes in time and it's not overly explained too much deeper about no, that it's basically the way time works <laughs> no, they stole the map of the universe basically haven't they yeah and they stole the map of the universe from the great the supreme God the green screen man and he's chasing them to get the map back because he knows they're going to be in trouble for it and all that. And their initial job was to fix the holes in time, but they yeah. decided to go yeah. on the rob and, and it was still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the first places they land through is during the Napoleonic War with Napoleon yeah, played yeah. by Ian Holm, who's laughing at uh, Punch and Judy because it's the, a little person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because obsessed with his height. Was a bit like the Joe King, you know. Another thing that reminds that bit off is like Bill and Ted, doesn't he? I'm just about to say that to you. Who He's plays just like the, Bill and Ted? Who plays the best Napoleon? Uh, they're both really good in that. I haven't saw Bill and Ted's for ages. Why are we going to do Bill and Ted? Yeah, because here's a thing: we were mad on when we were young. Yeah, there's well, very much that in this as well, isn't there? Well, there is that photograph of me and you at college. Where I'm looking a little bit like Keanu Reeves. Well, what about, yeah, they, so they said this is very loosely. Like loosely, and you look to be like Ali Twinter. Yeah. They're cleaning our clothing. Yeah, yeah, because that's, that's what people want, isn't it? Yeah, Ian Home in it. Ian Home's a kid. Yeah, Such yeah. a wonderful actor. Although uh, our, our younger listeners will obviously know Ian Home as playing uh, Bilbo Baggins in Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah, yeah, good point. Not good that point. Bit, but yeah. um, Anyway, uh, he gets playing by outside. Now, you, we, they suddenly escape again uh, through some. Excellent. Well, they rub all his stuff. They rub all his stuff by yeah. doing a bad stage act. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. They get yeah. all his stuff, they sneak up, they nearly get caught, but then they run through another gap in time. And this is where we, we first see Show Duval and Michael Paley. Oh, now, this is one of your favourite scenes, isn't it? Ah, uh, no, it's because <laughs> you don't know what it is. No. And that's annoying. It, you're laughing. You don't know what the joke is, really. No, no. All you know is he's got to need some fruit. Yeah. What the hell is it about his bowels? Yeah. Or his, but you don't know. I think it must, I don't know, is it, I, it, uh, you suspect it could be about his bowels, couldn't it? Because, like, there's some problems with it. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's all, all clear now, all clear now. And, and why then, do you need fruit? That's yeah, it. Yeah, so you're kind of thinking, is it fruit to sort of like, because the way that is tied to the tree, because, oh, all oh, the problems come back. <laughs> yeah. But it's a wonderful little cameo. Yeah, Michael yeah. Palin does some wonderful cameos. Like in The Death in Stalin, he's wonderful in that. He's Awesome in Brazil. If nobody's in Brazil, it's a hard. It is a hard. I think some of their best, the, the, the you know, the Monty Pots, some of their best stuff is in the eighties when they're a bit older and they didn't care and they're doing stuff like clockwise and what's the mm. with the pig with Marco Pauli? Uh, is it a private? F- no, not a private function. function. It's oh, oh, a, something like that, isn't it? Where he's no, got a Private function was he playing the priest, wasn't it? Was that that one? Where he's got to kill the thing and he can't do it. But I said all these that have interest in Jabberwocky was around, you know, with Dustbin before. Jabberwocky seventy eight. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's a very interesting time. Also, I think as well because like 
you play people play sometimes against type. Like Palin lately has done some. He played that the daddy one thing, didn't he? Recently, uh, he's, he's he's a wonder. He's, in fact, I actually think without a shadow of doubt, Palin is the best actor out the whole of Monty Python. Uh, also, I think he is. He's I also, think he I is. think the best writer along with Terry Jones because yeah, yeah. you see that you can see the Palin bits in his a mile yeah, away, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and you can see the Gillian bits a mile away. But you look at any other um, any other film that Palin's done. Um, the one put uh, American Friends yeah yeah, where he yeah played yeah. his great grandfather yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, again we talked about Death in Stalin he's only in it briefly but he's only he's really good in it really good in it uh, and also you know in Brazil he plays a horrible nasty piece of work clearly influenced there I, I think by Lance Olivier yeah. in the Marathon Man definitely yeah because um, I think that changed everything then and you can have a nice guy being a horrible nice guy nice guy being guy and of course he plays plays against uh, against Hyde Anyway, we, we suddenly go through these, and the bandits are, are caught by... Uh, oh, no, as I'm in the trees, this is where Kevin takes the all-important photograph of the bandits together with... The classic map. Polaroid. Uh, classic Polaroid. Do you remember George was? Romero was really impressed when that bloke had up? Do you remember when we met he him? He was, wasn't he? He was really impressed by the Polaroids. Yeah. Cla- you know, talk about technology. Yeah, we had that then. Yeah. You could take a photo and show it to someone. Yeah. I never ever had a Polaroid, though. It's no, all expensive, weren't they? Well, they've come back hugely yeah. in fashion now because you get the smaller ones. But I think it was the film was really dear, weren't it? And it that was, was a thing. Yeah. And of course, you only had a certain amount of slides. I mean, yeah. Kevin's flipping through this for like no one's business. Now, they then get caught by, of course, Robin Hood. Yeah. None of these merry men, apart from Marion, who's a bloke. Who's Marion? Who's, and there's a Geordie. There's a Geordie. Now, go on. I oh, know, this is my favourite bit of the film. No, you know, just because I like the way, again, it's, it's really silly, ridiculously silly, but... Very serious at the same time, yeah. And the way he's trying to explain, you know, he's, you know, he's going to spread all your. We go, oh, thanks for all that. We're going to spread it out, and that one goes, oh yeah, well, with all Christmas coming and all that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. but then that bloke's hitting him. And yeah. he goes, does he mean that? He goes, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's, but, but I love the hitting on that when you got John Cleese saying, it's got breaking noise in it. It's that what well, it is? Well, it's that classic Monty Python edit. Now this is edited by Julian Doyle, who also did the other Monty Python films. I said. Crikey. I mean, I've been in robbing for years, but I've never seen anything like this. Cramped. And you- Hello, I- I'm Hood. It's Robin Hood. Mr. Hood. Jolly good, isn't it? You're, you're a robber, are you? Jolly good. Uh, and do you enjoy robbing then? Well, it helps pay the rent, sir. Jolly good. And you're a robber too, are you? How long have you been a robber? Four foot one. Good lord. Jolly good, four foot one. Yes. Well, that 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 that, that is, is a long time, isn't it? Well, now I hear uh, you've made a pretty good haul. Well, see for yourself, sir. I said, crikey! I mean, I've been in robbing for years, but I've never seen anything like this. Cramped. And you you acquired all this by yourselves? Well, it was a good day, Mister Hood. Jolly good day. 
That's nice, isn't it? Rather, well, I mean, what can I say? Thank you, thank you, thank you all very, very much indeed. <laughs> oh, don't make... What? Well, I mean, it's frightfully kind of you. The poor are going to be absolutely thrilled. Uh, have you met them at all? Who? The poor? The poor? Oh, you must meet them. I just know you'll like them. Charming people. Of course, they haven't got two pennies to rub together, but then that's because they're poor. <laughs> <laughs> Would you, would you be so kind as to ask the poor to come in, please? No problem. Thank you so much. Oi, come on, you lot. Yes, well, now, let's just see what we've got here. Well, this is going to be so much help in our work. No, you don't understand. Cool. All this stuff is ours. We've stolen. Oh, yes, I know. Believe you me, the poor are going to be, well, not just absolutely thrilled, but also considerably less poor. Aren't they, Redgrave? Oh, right, I tell you, you'll tie it, Robin. You see? Yes, well, uh, what, what did he say? He said, yeah, what well, Christmas coming up and all. Ah, jolly good. <laughs> Yes, well, there we are. Uh, congratulations. Well done. <laughs> there we are. Well done. Congratulations. <laughs> is, 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 is that uh, absolutely necessary? Well, it's new at the head. Yes, what did he say? He says, yeah, he's afraid it is. Ah, oh, fine, fine. There we are, madam. Congratulations. Thank well you. done. Jolly good. <laughs> Incidentally, would uh, any of you like to stay on a bit and help us with our work? There's still so much wealth to redistribute. Oh, I'd like to stay. Jolly good. Well, what's your name? Uh, Kit. Kit? What a jolly and nice name. <laughs> well, never mind. Cheerio. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very, 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 very much. Awful people. Uh, 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 interesting. Well, you might not find it interesting. I had the opportunity to meet Julian Doyle oh. uh, on a film, uh, Voices Night. Yeah. And I had tickets for it at the Mac. Yeah. Uh, there was myself, there was Peter, and there was somebody else. can't remember. It might be a film. Yeah, and uh, I got the week wrong. It was the week before. Oh, yeah. Need to say, I was popular and I... Yeah. So I no, but that, no, it's got that weird sting where the noise is before and it the finger. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> and I like that. I really like yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Still making me laugh, that bit. Millions on the still yeah. cracking up. He's about that he's punching your women. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Obviously, the work day is a really good bit of Robin Hood. Now, we suddenly do meet the, uh, virtually probably three quarters away from the film. The first time we see David Warner as evil. And I love the way, like, you brought up a thing as well where he, he's just killing him in something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the one to make as well. Benson. Uh, no, ben he doesn't kill Benson. No, no, it's him, do But he, he, he kills one person. He goes, well, if you're so evil, then <laughs> how come we're still here? Yeah, no, no, he says, if God's that bad, if coming that bad, can he create you? Yeah. Then he, then he kills him. What do you think he's evil? What do you think he's evil? Good question. Very good question. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, David Warner right. is, is an amazing actor, but you know, the reason you never saw him in loads, he suffered stage fright. Really? He went on stage in the mid-80s um, in America. He got stage on the net and he couldn't do it again. Oh, and he was off film for 15 years. So he never did anything. He couldn't... He now, that's badly of a press of actors, that much stage fright. Now, have we had the chance to meet David Warner? Is it? He's been at a few things where we've been at, you know. He's on my favourite film, time after time, when he plays at the Ripper on your time, David Warner. Also, he's uh, in that really scary Hammer film with the, the mirror. Uh, yeah, oh, he is. That's yeah, and, uh, see, and he does that thing where he, he goes into the, he comes yeah, up yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Was that the Peter Cushion one? Or the stories in the house. Yeah. Um, oh, 
Oh, answers on a postcard, please. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Maybe it's nine, nine. Jim Moon, Hypnagoria. Yeah, oh, that's a, that's a, I, that bothers Isn't Robert Powell in that film as well? He is. Isn't that also the one about the that's skin? It's Asylum. The gloves with the skin. It's, it's Asylum, asylum isn't, isn't it? It's Asylum. It's the um, Amicus one. Yeah, it is. Asylum. Oh, asylum. Asylum is a film you should do. It's amazing. Oh, it is. Yeah, Peter Cushion with little dolls, isn't it? With like, making, the, uh, making yeah. the clothes out of skin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And he likes. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Anyway, we'll do that, yeah. Um, now we also, of course, we've, we've seen. Oh, I like the way David uh, Warner saying that how use, useless God was, and the fact that he, had, he created men with nipples yeah, yeah. and uh, slugs. Do you know why men have nipples? No, I don't. I'll tell you this interesting fact. I don't know. Right? Are, are you going to do a long and out thingy on milkmaid? <laughs> <laughs> I've got milk. That in it. Cat's got milk. I've got milk. You milk. No, it's because we're all born females. So after it's, oh, it's not until our genitals are, 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 are developing in there that, um, and then they're just the nipples just stay. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Interesting fact. Oh, that ain't good. Do I do your house? I remember. <laughs> <laughs> but not good. Uh, anyway, uh, the is coming out, and this is—he's obviously quite a scary bloke who's following them. And then we see Sean Connery. Oh, the, yeah, they escaped, don't they, by getting out and having uh, two doorways. And uh, I love the way that uh, Vandal says, uh, just escape, just escape. And he goes, which one? He goes, just escape. And he jumps to the left and he goes, not that one. <laughs> He's like, oh God. And then he lands, oh, he, he sees Sean Connery's king fighting a, uh, it's, it's not well, a monitor, it's like man, isn't it? So, I don't, yeah. well, I don't know what that is, because I know that as like, uh, uh, is it a minotaur? A minotaur? Is it a minotaur? I don't know. I think it might be a minotaur. Yeah, it but it be, don't yeah. look like that look a, I don't know what uh, it is. It's very much a Gillian creation. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. basically like a bull's head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's fighting, and he looks like he's going to lose. And then, so, of course, Kevin lands not yeah. on the beast that you think he's going to do. He lands on Connery, yeah, and who then throws the yeah. knife and yeah, yeah. throws it straight away. Now, obviously, I don't think that's Sean Connery fighting in, no, in that. Uh, but well, that's a wicked helmet, though, he's yeah, got, yeah. isn't it? That's, that's one of them helmets that'd be ace to have. One of them Spartan, look a Spartan helmet. Spartan helmet, yeah. We yeah. can get there. Because the way I it's got the wooden, the wooden yeah, face in as well. Yeah, I think you can. I might have a look for that, actually, birthday list. And then, of course, like Connery takes his hat off, his helmet off. And uh, look at where did you come from the gods? Yeah, and uh, yeah, 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 did you come from the gods? And he's looking at hey, he just looks nice, he looks incredibly fit, he looks healthy. Uh, he's yeah, he a young man then, he was he was would have been in his no, 40s, no, wasn't he? Was he? Oh, he must have been no, well, well, older than that, anything. Uh, what, don't know. How old was he when he first started like Bond? He was quite old when he started doing Bond, didn't he? Yeah, Bond was 65. He wasn't super young when he was doing Bond, was he? I can't remember. Can't remember to do. But anyway, he, he says, "Well, gives him some water, doesn't he?" And then says, "You can follow us." And then he goes, "Oh no, come with me." And this is the bit actually where it gets quite sad because he, the, the queen's obviously trying to take the the crown off him, and he runs in. He goes, "Oh, I'm back," and she's like looking at him. He just doesn't care about it, does he? And he adopts the kid, and he, the kid is re- Kevin is really well, happy about being he's there. Got a father, he? He's got a father who's actually interested yeah, in yeah, him. Yeah, and he's teaching him how to. He wants to learn to fight. But he says no. He's teaching him about cook, you know that magic trick, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he magic teach him about and all that kind of stuff. And talks to him. Actually, takes attention to yeah, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then when they got the kind of like the inauguration of him being it, suddenly the bandits appear, which you don't know how, yeah. and they actually aren't from the land until they kidnap him. That wonderful magic trick, which of course involves the next time loop. And he disappears. And the way the king stands up and he's looking, yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. oh, and yeah, you do feel something. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Kevin, he's proper, proper pissed off on this. But where do they end up? 
uh, after that one, it's uh, Land of Legend, isn't it? It's on the Titanic. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, I'm getting murdered. So Land of Titanic, then we can see Michael Payne and... and uh, they they the, don't get with his spot on his nose. He's got a spot on his nose. Even with that on my nose, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, we find out he's wearing a wig. Now, I think you've got a, you know, a lifelong love of men with wings, I do, I do. And sadly, now that I'm starting to go thin <laughs> on top, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, you know, is a time coming for a bit of poor white house play? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, here's an interesting fact. The end when you see the Titanic going down, you see the Titanic, don't you? What's that from? It's a colorized version of it. I'll give you that, right? I don't know. It's a colorized version of the scene in A Night to Remember. Oh, right, that's the first, um, yeah, that's the first, yeah, that's the first Titanic film, yeah. wasn't it, mate? Yeah, it won Oscar, didn't it? Did, yeah, they did that in the film. So, so that, they, they, that, took, yeah. they took that scene out. A very common thing to do in films. Obviously, we've had that with The Shining, where they used the scene from Blade Runner and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we next see them, they end up in on a boat, don't they? They get rescued by a boat. Somehow they time slip. It's a land of legend, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, they then? get a land of legend then, which is obviously in a really well called. Where you see this wonderful boat and they get on there, and Peter Vaughan, as I mentioned, is the ogre. He's always conscious about. Uh, going no, he just wants boots. He, well, he wants boots and cans. Remember the time you could have boots and cans? No, no, you get no, no. pilchards. Yeah, and then <laughs> yeah, so we've got that, and then you got the giant with the boat. So they get on the boat, and they're yeah. the, the, the wonderful scene with the giant. Yeah, no, no, I love that. Because, no, they want to get him because he's got a bad back. Yeah, they? they get rid of him. He's got a lovely back. His back's fine. And yeah, yeah. I couldn't sneeze. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And blows the boat away. But then suddenly the. But it don't make any sense how that's a hat on his head, does it? No, it doesn't. No. Because what a boat is not like like that. I know. Yeah, you know, you're looking into. You know what you think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I love that. But they're whacking him with that hammer. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, how does he hold his breath? Good point. Mm. That's a good point, though. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what they do is they suddenly find some sleeping potion and they stick it into his head, which would only be a little needle, so he would notice it. And then he falls yeah. asleep. And there's like them weird little creatures in that house that he stands on. That is very Gillian. That is very Gillian. Yeah, they're having a rabbit now. It's like, it's like they're having a couple having a rabbit. And then they suddenly get squashed. It's a real shame. But don't you think that reminds reminded me a bit, a bit as well of uh, the 1983 Monty Python film, Meaning of Life, with the accountancy ship. You know, going on the counter to yeah. see. Do you know, in my head, I thought that was at the beginning of Time Bandits. Ah, oh, really? Because yeah, because no, I was thinking, yeah. I wonder if that's on there. But yeah, if you get a merchant insurance. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. love that. No, I loads of people don't like that. We, have, we haven't done many of life, have we? I think it's anyone we haven't done. We should do many of life. Yeah, it does. It's, uh, it's the most interesting one because it's got a lot of flaws in it, which is really get me money. I think you appreciate it more, but it's more adult. Yeah, definitely. Definitely more idle. The bit with him having sex. The John Cleese bit. Have we done Meaning of Life? I don't think, I don't think we have, no. It's got some of the best songs in it. We'll do that. Mm. Yeah, look at all these these future podcasts. Yeah, yeah, there, you go, yeah. there you go. Three years. <laughs> so anyway, they end up walking off and they suddenly come to the invisible barrier and this is where they all start to fall out with Randall and Randall throws a skull misses them and smashes through there and this is how, of course, they end up getting into yeah, yeah. Uh, the evil's uh, place. So they're heading there. I don't know why they are heading there, Paul. This is where I mentioned to you that everything looks like Lego bricks. Argon unfortunately gets turned into a pig. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then they all escape, don't they? But they come back with cowboys. They come back with the... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, Sean Connery was meant to be at that bit. Uh, and it was meant to be Sean Connery who who dies underneath the pillar trying to save Kevin. Uh-huh. But Connery couldn't make filming. Uh, so it's the reason why we lose uh, Fidget yeah, yeah, which yeah. Fidget dies yeah, yeah. and that's oh, a wonderful right. bit because Wally's really just like upset about yeah, it yeah, yeah. I think the one thing we haven't talked about is when they're escaping out of the um, when they get caught oh, look, and the, with, the bit with, the, with the swinging cubes oh I really like that, that and also about how strong it shows they are because yeah, they're yeah. not they're not human they are they gods they're yeah, 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 angels yeah, yeah. really aren't they yeah, 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 angels yeah. 
I love that because you think, especially if you think one of them's gonna one of them's gonna die there. But anyway, they all start to fight. Of course, evil suddenly wins because he can just beat everything. And you got that wonderful scene where the right. cowboys have got a lasso. Yeah, yeah. And out of him comes that. Dun, 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 like, yeah. What did you? What film did you think of? With the thing coming out, the guy's head. How right? Oh, how right? What do you mean? How Beetlejuice with the Ferris with the thing. Good points coming out. Yeah, definitely. And then you think of Burton, and then you think you can see here how he's been influenced by Terry Gilliam. Yeah, definitely. Roll out, roll out. Yeah, good point, actually. I like when he blows himself up. He's like that big thing, he's got the arrows. Yeah. I really like that. It's a really weird ending, isn't it? And he's still going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he does that to stop the, the, the knights and stuff. And then, of course, the supreme being comes on and basically just blows him up. Yes, sir. Yes. I'd like to explain everything. We didn't mean to steal the map. We didn't mean to run away. What do you mean you didn't mean to steal the map? It, it just sort well, of... Well, of course you didn't mean to steal it. I gave it to you, you silly man. And that... Do you really think I didn't know? Sir? I had to have some way of testing my handiwork. I think it turned out rather well. Don't you? Hmm? Evil turned out rather well. Mm-hmm. Whose are these? Mine, sir. They're mine, sir. You really are an untidy boy. Sign here. Do you mean you knew what was happening to us all the time? Well, of course. I am the supreme being. I'm not entirely dim. Oh, no, sir. We weren't suggesting that, sir. It's just that... Yes, I let you borrow my map. Now, I want every bit of evil placed in here. Right away. Of course. Come on. You mean you let all those people die? Just to test your creation? Yes. You really are a clever boy. Why did they have to die? You might as well say, why do we have to have evil? Oh, we wouldn't dream of asking a question like that, sir. Yes, why do we have to have evil? Ah. I think it's something to do with free will. Be careful. Don't lose any of that stuff. That's concentrated evil. One drop of that could turn you all into hermit crabs. Which is a bit weird, isn't it? Because you think, well, well, there you go. He's not very nice, right? And he goes, right, because I'm God and I can. Yeah, yeah. The nice way that that he turns around and he says to him, make sure you pick all these bits of evil up because, like, you know, one bit of it will cause catastrophe. But leaves Kevin there. Oh, no! (laughs) And he goes, kind of come in. He leaves Kevin there and then he goes back to his house where he's suddenly woke up by a fireman, which is Sean, it's not actually Sean Connery. At that point, is somebody else. Sean Connery was, now this is a bit of luck, was in London that day visiting his accountant, got in touch with Terry Gilliam to see how things were going, and said, I'm just about to do this thing. Can you, any chance you can spend the day? And he came down, he just put that uniform on, did the bit, and winked at him, and went, and that was it. I'm, oh, that's amazing. That's the last, last yeah, yeah, yeah. that was. And also then, though, you get like, you have to say, Kevin, that's an unusual bird, isn't it? Was that a bird? Yeah, anyway, <laughs> uh, Kevin's mum and dad are out there moaning. In fact, they've not even noticed that uh, Kevin was still in the house. Yeah, they were more worried about all their, their toaster yeah. and everything like that. Yeah, it's quite a sad ending, really, isn't it? Well, it's really a sad ending because they get blown up 
And the camera cam pans yeah, away from... Well, oh, Sean kind of gets in and winks at him and they drive up. And Kevin's left there on his own, homeless. Oh, no, other. With no parents. <laughs> and you think, you're left there thinking... Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does that say? Yeah, I think that's Teddy Gilliam all over. All of his stuff has got a dark spine to it, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Now, the, the photograph at the beginning and the end of the film, very reminiscent of, of course, the comic strip. Yeah. Is a, a, a place, I think, in Hampshire. I might be wrong about that. But the actual film in the location of the house is a couple of roads away from the house on Privet Drive where they filmed Harry Potter. Oh, right. And so. it's just about that estate as well when the camera pans away. It's like, that's how Britain was going to start to well, look. It was filmed by, it was Milton Keynes. Yeah. That's where it was. If, so. that, you know, then people go, look how weird that, because houses, but that's the thing, that's what it's become. Yeah. There's hundreds of houses, thousands of houses estates that looks Yeah. Right, I mean, I, I live near, you know, I live not literally a five minute walk from the countryside, but where my housing estate is, is that you pan it out and it's all these kind of weird curly yeah, yeah. roads that you think, well, why didn't you do it straight? The reason why they didn't do it straight is because people drive down it too fast. Yeah. And that's how modern estates were created. Yeah. But you're right, it's a very sad film. And part of me would really like to have a sequel with the, with the same actor playing Kevin, I'm sure he'd love to do it, and any, any dwarves left over or something like that that are still available. Uh, or if not, just get some new ones like Kenny, uh, like yeah. Davis, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and you know what did happen to Kevin? Yeah, what's you know, what on? happened to him? Did he have any more further adventures, or did he turn out to be an accountant? Did yeah, he turn yeah. out to not someone was it all, uh, uh, or was you know was it all made up? Or was, it, all, yeah. was it just his imagination? The only thing he's got is his photographs. So yeah. like, that's the thing. He's got yeah. his photographs. Yeah. So it was a little bit like that. It was uh, have you seen that new, the trailer for the new Karate Kid film? I think it's an online thing only. Uh, it's with Ralph uh, Gia and also the, the, the guy who played Edward Woodson in Equalizer. And the way the trailer comes out, oh. it's almost because this guy's never lived down getting beaten by him, right? But it makes it out that the Karate Kid guy is actually the arsehole, isn't it? Oh, right. Look it up. I will look at that. Now, Kevin, you did have an idea for what our next podcast was going to be, did you not? I did. Right. Well, well, well we it, are still going to do Crocodile Dundee. We are going to, but uh, we're probably not going to do one in September, are we? Because no, we're not doing one in August. Oh, that's it. We're not going to because you're out, out and about. I am away. Right? A, a long, long time. So, I've got an idea for the, um, I said for the Halloween edition, which is uh, Vanishes Upon the Snatchers. Yes, the Donald Sutherland. Double number one, and talk about the others as well, a bit of thinking. And we are going to do Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. Whenever we can find it cheap enough. <laughs> uh, so I don't know what September's going to be. I don't know. It's when you know what you're going to feel like when you get back. Well, I'm all right the first back, but then I'll go to Vegas on the 8th, so I'll be fine when we get back. So I'll have a lot to talk about. So, yeah, we, there won't be an August one, unless I can fit in a quick recording of something. I'm not too sure if I can. Yeah, it's just... Uh, so we always have a month off anyway. We do take a month off. Uh, and um, obviously, because you're off as well, the end of August, yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's going to be called. Um, so we'll do it at the end of September. So whatever we'll do, please come along and join our Facebook group. Jen will tell you all about that information about our social media stuff in a moment. Uh, we'll put it up on there uh, to see what it is. And uh, that'll be that. I have no idea what sneaky song I'm going to play at the end. Any suggestions? Or any mm. kind of thing you'd like yeah. me to play at the end? I don't know. Mm. But it's one question, actually, before the last question of the thing. Eh? Right. Do you think it's Terry Gilliam's best film? Mm, that's See, I do. Interesting thing. I, you know, I love Balan Munchausen. I love it, but it's ah. flawed and it's it's bloated. Mm. What makes this film? It's not bloated. It's pretty. It's got some amazing bits in it, hasn't it? Is but it it's than a bit, Twelve Monkeys. Mm. So I think if I had to pick one film to give someone, never, I've never had to say it with a younger person. It's like, oh, yeah. I want to start watching television films. What film would you give him? It would be Tom Bandits. You know what you say about young people as well? Because when it was first came out, it bombed in the British cinema because it was it was pushed as a Monty Python film. 
And in America, it was pushed as a children's film, and it got bigger audience ratings because it is meant to be. I wouldn't let my daughter watch it because I thought I was going to let her watch it last yeah. night, and it weren't until I was watching. I, was thinking, yeah. Actually, I think you're going to judge your child, isn't it? I think so. Like when we so. were children, we were different, so you wouldn't because I watched it as a kid. Yeah, yeah. And it, but you know, you'd have to judge your kid because it's not it's not Irish, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it, it really is. You know what? That's really interesting because I. I think Brazil is a, a groundbreaking piece of work. It's just, uh, I, I'd probably go with you then. I'll yeah, say, yeah. It's because most... I could watch Time Bandits again. I could watch it tomorrow. Exactly. I couldn't watch Bandits. No, no, you got it. That's it. Someone put on I'll watch it again tonight. Yeah, I probably would. You yeah. could. You know what? I'd like to watch it with the commentary. Oh, that'd be good. On the DVD, because it's on there. That yeah. would be good. Anyway, have a look at the Facebook group page. We'll tell you all what's coming up in September. Have fun, everybody. Enjoy the summer, drink water, and stay safe. Bye. You've been listening to Waffle On. If you'd like to get in touch or join the mailing list, you can by emailing the guys at waffleonpodcast at gmail.com. You can also have some waffly fun by joining their Facebook page. Simply type in Waffle On Podcast in the search bar and away you go. This has been a Waffle On production. Copyright Simon Meddings and Mark C. Kelly. idea of uh, a horse leaping out of a wardrobe which C.S. Lewis didn't really write first and it's because uh, I never read it and uh, no, I, this idea of these these tiny bandits these creatures who worked for God uh, who decided to leave paradise and set off on uh, a rampage through history getting the things that really count like money all I knew was that Terry Gilliam came with two sheets of paper with this idea on it and uh, it just sounded like a great idea. When Mike and I wrote Time Bandits, one of the things in the script we had was when the Greek warrior took off his helmet, this is what the script actually said, was that uh, he revealed himself to be none other than Sean Connery or an actor of equal but cheaper stature. That's what the script wow. said. In our wildest dreams, we never thought Sean Connery would do it. I don't believe it. You don't believe what? I don't, I don't believe the way you killed him. Yes. But it has to be done sometimes. There weren't any big stars in it, really, were there? there was Sean, Sean, Sean Connery. Connery. Yeah. He's very easy. He's about five foot six, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> John Cleese was the biggest star it. of the film. Very but he's six foot five. Good morning. You're, you're all, all robbers. Now the best, I? Mr. Hood. Jolly good, isn't he? You're, you're a robber, are you? Jolly good. Uh, and do you enjoy robbing then? Well, it helps pay the rent, sir. Ah, 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 jolly good. Ah, ah, ah. And you're a robber too, are you? How long have you been a robber? Four foot one. Good lord.
jolly good. Four foot one. Yes. Well, that, 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 that is, is a long time, isn't it? The extraordinary thing was the facility with which one adapted to working with people, I think they're called, of diminished growth. And uh, it was quite extraordinary how strange it seemed for the first two hours. And by lunchtime, it seemed the most natural thing in the world. Well, I mean, it's frightfully kind of you. The poor are going to be absolutely thrilled. Uh, have you met them at all? Who? The poor? The poor? Oh, you must meet them. I just know you'll like them. Charming people. Of course, they haven't got two pennies to rub together, but then that's because they're poor. <laughs> In those days, uh, Terry Gilliam, who will never cease being a genius, uh, was an even more amazing genius, simply because if any of us were to go along on the day when the giant was being filmed, rising out of the water, all of that was a phenomenal image on the screen, and yet I'm sure in the studio on the day, there was nothing to it at all. Time Bandits was made for under $5 million. It's quite extraordinary, and I don't think that there was anyone in America who believed that that film cost less than 15, if not 20 million dollars. The difference is that now Terry Gilliam uh, can actually make films for that amount of money and that would be a cheap film for him. I like working with tight budgets because they force you uh, why are you looking like that at me? Why are you looking when we're sitting in front of a $45 million film? <laughs> Why? Uh, up till this moment in time, I was known for making films cheaply. <laughs> Towards the end of Time Bandits, that's when things got a bit tougher because there were certain things that Dennis wanted cutting out and I wasn't about to cut them out. Um, particularly, you know, tasty things like uh, eating rats and things like that, which, you know, you've got to do in a film of that sort. He's very squeamish about things and, and these are the things that made a scene interesting. What, anybody? Might be the last meal yet? It wasn't a horrific thing, it was very funny. And we had a lot of arguments at the end. I think that was the beginning of the end of the relationship. I just think I would prefer him to stay doing what he does extremely well and let those other people deal with the other things. I think that would be a very silly thing for us to do because um, if we're going to be crazy, then we have to develop some safeguards and we also have to develop a very keen interest in what we do. We try to get into situations where we could um, sort of edit the screenplay rather than shoot all the screenplay and then edit the film and chuck maybe half a million pounds worth of footage on the floor. And uh, we had a few rows with Terry, but um, very small compared to the trouble he's had with recent films. Oh, Terry Gideon falls out with almost everyone he's ever met and doesn't speak to them for three years, you know. You know this is part of Terry's life. It's sort of a deep pattern, which I think it would take him many years to cure. Tegan was never satisfied with anything. He's just made a $45 million film and he's still complaining. <laughs> Didn't have enough money. <laughs> he's just a silly old bitch. I mean, <laughs> he's very sweet. I took him out to dinner last night. I paid, of course. Tight little American git. <laughs> At the end of the film, I'm a crazed person 
and the film is my child and I'm his mother badger and everybody is a threat to it. And there was a point where I threatened to burn the negative. I had reached breaking point and I said, if you're going to insist on those cuts, I'm destroying the whole thing. I made it, I can destroy it. Goodbye. <laughs> Benson. I'm a reasonable man. 